Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, October 4th, 2021. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen today. Every day, we are free and available on all platforms. A proud member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I am Nolan Bianchi. Scotty Bentley will be joining us in just a minute. But right now, I'm joined by our buddy Jake Rivard from the Twitter Straits. If you're a Red Wings uh, Twitter fan, uh, I don't know, maybe you're active on Facebook too, Jake. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, but you may have seen him around. He does great work. He's a staff writer for Wingy and Motown. He's just a good voice to have online. He's a, he's a, he's a reasonable man in a world of unreasonable people and thoughts. So we're happy to have him here on the podcast. It is Jake Rivard. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Now, you are here with us today to be our our eyes uh, for the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, because unfortunately, I have a job that pays me uh, more money to cover football on the weekends. Uh, and Scotty has a job for more money covering baseball uh, on this particular weekend. So we didn't really have a lot of eyes on this game because of the timing. On Sunday, the Red Wings played during the Lions. On Saturday, the Penguins or the, the Red Wings played during Michigan State. So I did have a little bit of an eye on both of those games, but you are here to give us an all-encompassing look because I know you were very, very on top of things. Lucas Raymond is making this damn hockey team, isn't he, Jake? My isn't God. Isn't he, Jake? I, so he actually currently leads the Red Wings in scoring right now. He's got four points in two games. He is third, I believe, in overall preseason scoring behind Christian Dvorak and Alex Barkov. Those are some Not pretty big bad. names. So, Not bad. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's too bad either. Um yeah, no, I'm I'm loving every second of his game. He was terrific playing with Zadina and Dylan Larkin on Saturday. And there's there's no way you could say he wouldn't make the team. I just think right now, and it's so fun. Like I, we talked about with the Verona news uh, that came out on Thursday, like that kind of is something that maybe bolstered his chances of getting into the lineup. But right now, I think all things considered, this kid deserves a chance. I would put this kid in the lineup over Vlad Nemestikov, and I and and I would I would say that he deserves it outright. You know, and and I I we're getting to a point where Jeff Blaschel's quote about it was, it has to be obvious to my wife that he's going to make the team. I don't know how anybody, regardless of how much hockey watching experience they have, I assume she has a lot, but can watch these Red Wings right now and say that Lucas Raymond doesn't belong on this hockey team. Because when we had Tony Ferrari on ahead of the 2020 NHL draft, he told me, he said, Nolan, Lucas Raymond is a guy that fits into Detroit's top six right now. And if that wasn't true, then uh, I don't I don't see how it cannot be true now because he's just proven every single step of the way that he can play in this league and not just play in this league, but be an effective plus producer, a, a very solid top six forward. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I think a lot of times Raymond's been compared to players like Mitch Marner, you know, your assist machine. When in reality, I mean, we witnessed it on Buffalo's game. He's a pretty prolific goal scorer as well. Obviously, in the last game with Columbus, he scored two assists, uh, mostly playing setup man for Dylan Larkin. But the fact that he can work with both ends as a setup man and the finisher shows that he's a very versatile scorer and would fit perfectly within the schema of Detroit. 
Yeah, and and he was terrific on the power play as well. And I think that that's something that we shouldn't overlook. Scotty Bentley uh, asked to to join this room right now, so he'll be with us in a second. Um, he was producing on the power play, and a power play that looked really, really good on Saturday night. What did you see out of the power play this weekend, and just what looks different? Than he I gotta played? say, I'm a huge fan of Alex Tengay's system. I mean, compared to Dan Bilsma, it is a day and night difference. Um, I've seen the Red Wings start to use situations they've never used before. Uh, I, I think that they've been avoiding using the bumper for a while in terms of like mm. setting up plays. And they did a ton of that with Columbus. And I mean, it, it capitalized on it. Philip Peronic was great on the power play as a quarterback. Nick Letty played a great role. You know, it just, it, it seemed, they appeared to be firing on all cylinders. Now uh, we got Scotty Bentley joining us. Scotty Bentley, what's going on, brother? You had a long day of baseball. How's it going? It's going, man. I got, I got, how, how do we shake out? Got, did my Mariners get in? They did not. Unfortunately, they did they, two, twofold. They, uh, they didn't win their game and the teams they needed to, to lose both ones. Yeah, so so right. yeah, sadly, it's very, very Mariners fashion to give their fans hope until the last game and then not win. Hope you guys like the Yankees again. Now I see I, <laughs> Yankees quick, Red Sox is at least something, but like, I guess yeah. I hate every team left in the American league, but this is not a baseball <laughs> podcast. Go listen to locked on tiger. Scotty Bentley does a great job over there. Speaking of Saturday night, that power play Lucas Raymond on his line was Dylan Larkin. who was making his return for the first time since leaving with injury last season. what did you see out of him? What did you see out of the captain? Cause there seemed like he was just playing with a little bit of a spark. So first period on top of like his, he, his two goals. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So first period, it seemed like he was uh, kind of just getting readjusted to things, shaking off some rust. And then the moment he got that goal in the second period, it was the monkey was off the back. I mean, he got three points right off the back. He right out, right out the bat. Um, he was doing amazing with Letty. He was doing great with Raymond and Zadina. Um, unfortunately, I was hoping a little more from Zadina on that end, but um, it's clear the captain's back. That's what we love to hear. And Joe Valeno as well, uh, kind of making his his presence known on that power play. What was he doing that was that was so effective on Saturday night? The thing about Valeno that I thought was really interesting is anytime he set foot on the ice and anytime he was near the puck, you would notice him. You'd notice him if he had the puck or if he was trying to get the puck back or if he, you know, was trying to play retrieving. Um, he like he looked like a fully grown, fully ready NHL player. Um, I can't say I've seen that out of him in the past and seeing him do it now uh, was definitely a sign of encouragement. I don't know if he'll make the team. I, I see that being an uphill battle, but for the first line in Grand Rapids, that man's going to be set. Absolutely. And honestly, I don't think that's the worst thing for Joe Valeno, especially if somebody, if it comes at the expense, well, not comes at the expense, especially if him going to the AHL means, you know, potentially a roster spot opening for Lucas Raymond. Jeff Blaschel did say last week that he would consider using Joe Valeno on the wing. That might be his, you know, entry to the NHL might be how he starts to kind of find his way there. And if that's the case, I hate to kind of go back to Lucas Raymond again, but you have two guys who pretty much on, on a very similar level as far as prospects go. Lucas Raymond is obviously the higher touted prospect, but Joe Valeno has an extra year on him. Um, where do you see that separation coming into play? And, and just, I guess, how much of a gap is it? You know, I think uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the wing situation. Um, both Michael Rasmussen and Dylan Larkin started on the wing before they got involved with their roles at center. Um, I think that would be a good foray for Joe Valeno as it kind of follows along that tradition for the Red Wings. 
but I still see Raymond being more of the clear cut difference maker. Um, and I see that in the sense relating to back to Jeff Blashill's quote before the preseason started. Um, he said that they need to outperform day in and day out to impress. Um, I'm sure hoping that Mrs. Blashill was watching the game with Columbus because from what I saw, Lucas Raymond was very impressive. And that's what we absolutely love to hear. So they go out to a five, one win on Monday or on Saturday night. It, it, you know, you don't want to make too much of that. It's preseason. You got the, the rosters are so jumbled. Uh, you know, the Red Wings are basically playing an AHL team when they're on the road, they're playing a, a much closer thing to their NHL roster when they're playing at home. But what do you make of this, this five, one victory on Saturday night over the Columbus Blue Jackets, if anything, I think there's a lot to build on. Um, I think there are players like Chase Pearson who are going to have a really great time in Grand Rapids coming off of this momentum. I think you're going to see players like Moritz Sider slowly get adjusted to the pace of more competitive hockey. Um, and, you know, I think it's ultimately going to depend on how they use the successes of the preseason in the regular season. That, of course, comes back to what we'll inevitably talk about with today's game, uh, where we had quite the opposite option. Uh, all right, well, we're going to get to Moritz Sider, Nick Letty, and a whole bunch of other stuff on the other side of this break. First, I got to talk to you guys today about. Direct TV Stream. Uh, there's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you live and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Also got to talk to you guys today about Get Upside with an incredible app, everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. That's crazy. If you got like a 20 gallon tank, that's a nice five bucks in your pocket. I think something like that. I'm not good at math, but I think I nailed that. Uh, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code hockey and get a 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get 50 cents per gallon back, cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot more are making as much as 2 to $3 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code HOCKEY. And just missed. All right, we are back. Segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Noel Bianchi, Scotty Bentley, and Jake Rivard is our special guest today, the staff writer from Wingy at Motown. Go give him a follow on Twitter. You can find him at Rivard NHL. Scotty, I know you want to know about Mo Sider uh, because he had another terrific game on Saturday night and, and Nick Letty as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the biggest thing is just like he, he looked so good Saturday and just like an overall breakdown, I guess. Of, uh, of his performance this week. And I think the biggest thing that we're looking for right now would be just uh, the, the overall transition, you know, pace of play is a lot different style of play can be different. Just the overall kind of transition to, to NHL hockey and, and how you think he's faring so far. You know, it's crazy. I didn't really notice cider much, but I don't think that's a bad thing, a bad thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he, didn't make any costly mistakes that, you know, would otherwise show up on the lineup. You know, he had a couple small giveaways here and there, but that's nothing you can't expect of an NHL rookie. Um, I think he did great with his partner, Nick Letty. 
Um, he kind of handled the majority, I believe, of the defensive, or the defensive duties where Letty kind of took on the role of the offensive defenseman. But it just seemed like he was a natural fit. He was just ready to go like the moment they popped him on the ice. And let's talk about Nick Letty as well, because he had another great game on, on Saturday night. I know he was somebody who was popping around in uh, Twitter circles. I was popping off in Twitter circles on Saturday night. I honestly just remember that I was going off about Lucas Raymond winning rookie of the year. Um, go bet your life on Lucas Raymond to win rookie of the year. Thank <laughs> you later. Uh, Nick Letty wore an A on Saturday night. Could he be an A? Maybe an A for the season, but what did you see out of him? I think it depends ultimately on whether or not they give Bertuzzi the A or honestly, they got rid of all their A's this offseason besides Bertuzzi. So, I mean, it's going to either him or Mark Stahl. But in terms of how Letty played yesterday, um, he was kind of, I don't know, he was one of two players. At times, he was an offensive dynamo. I mean, he had three assists. He set up all the majority of the scoring that game. But other times, he was he was looking a little rough. Uh, Grice had to bail him out twice during the second period because of his defensive lapses. He had a couple moments where I think he almost started a breakaway at some point. Um, so I think he's still getting used to the system that they have in Detroit. I don't think it's anything to worry about just yet. But what I noticed and what I liked the most about him was he's such a clean – he has such clean entry in zones. He's able to exit the neutral zone, enter the neutral zone, enter the offensive zone without – any sort of like weird headaches or a dump and chase thing that you'd seen in Detroit for years. I mean, it's like, it's like waking up from a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got a fun little question for you to wrap up this, uh, this game on, on Saturday night, Tara Rossi, Chase Pearson, they both score in the first period. Tara Rossi is a guy who undrafted out of Michigan state free agent comes in a league. I believe he had like a six game assist streak. And then he never really, asserted himself last year like he should have who do you think plays more games in the nhl for the rest of their career chase pearson or tar hirose gun to your head i'm gonna say odds are hirose um hirose's already got that experience i don't believe off the top of my head that chase pearson's played any nhl games mm, no um i think heck that of a goal on saturday night they'll just push the entire columbus oh, blue sure. jacket into the net i love the he way he handled that <laughs> can i just say i those are like some of my favorite goals i don't know why i just like anytime there's like a big collision out front and somebody just ends up sitting in the net i just that's some of my favorite ways to score anyway well, i think foodie tried to like <laughs> lie down to block the shot and pearson yeah. instead of trying to play it smart was like no you're just you're gonna go in with him yeah <laughs> you, you can lay down you can lay down brother <laughs> yeah. you're just gonna keep going with the puck dog <laughs> So do you give him the assist on that one or? <laughs> you might have to. I mean, he did. Not bad. Of, he got the goalie's pad out of the way. If I remember correctly, Merzlikens like couldn't make the save because Foudy was coming in so hot. It's like a really <laughs> weird version of curling with a person yeah. instead of like brooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Hiroshi going to have a lot better chance. I just, I don't know if he's going to find it in Detroit. Honestly, I think he could be sort of a slightly better priced Ryan Kuffner as a piece of a trade. Um, you know, if you remember Ryan Kuffner traded, uh, along with, I think, um, Anthony see yeah. yeah. He was part of the yeah, Anthony yeah. trade. Yeah. So I, I could see him being a part of something else. Maybe one of the core pieces like Bertuzzi, for example, you know, you get two offensive weapons for the price of one. I, I just think the guy needs a break and I don't know if he's going to get it here. I, I just feel like if he didn't, if he didn't earn himself a, a spot, after these last two seasons, or at least make himself look like a Giovanni Smith, for example, like Giovanni Smith, we'll get to him in a second, because I'm curious to, to, to hear your thoughts on where you think he ends up. Um, but 
Giovanni Smith is a guy that we were coming into the season saying, okay, this is a year for Giovanni Smith. This is this year. This is his year. Nobody's really saying that about Taro Hirose. I, I just don't know that he's really that much of uh, uh he really factors into the future plans. I guess, you know, it's definitely a wait and see moment, but uh, Sunday, the Red Wings traveled to Pittsburgh and uh, the Adam Ernie goat machine breaks down <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the Red Wings play another five, one game. This time they lose it five to one against Pittsburgh Penguins uh, two goals in the first two goals in the second. Uh, what do you make of their overall performance? And, and I guess just out of the gate, actually, we'll start here. Should people be concerned about Alex Mandelkovich? Because I, I feel like that's probably the biggest story coming out of this game. Um, I mean, this is only a second game. Um, I'm sure he's probably having a bit of whiplash. Like, yeah. you know, you go from playing with Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin to Troy Stetcher. Yeah, Jordan Osterley. Like, you Ryan know, I, I'd be having whiplash too. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure he's still just getting used to the system. He's getting used to like the saves he's going to have to make. Um, so I wouldn't be worried yet. I would say keep an eye on him. Yeah. And, and then like there, there's obviously like, it would be very stupid of us to, to write him off or, or say he's no good or whatever at this point in the, uh, in the preseason here. But, you know, I'm just curious if you, you were concerned at all based on what you saw, like specifically out of him today, but another guy who had another big game, Pew Suter. Uh, as a guy who who had a fantastic preseason debut, he comes back, has another goal, the only Red Wings goal on Saturday. What do you make of uh, his performance over the weekend? Well, I mean, it was a five on three. Um, so he had very ample opportunities to score. He got an awesome setup from Fabry on the one goal they had. But I saw him being heavily involved in a lot of the offensive schema. Um, I was actually at the game. Oh, and, you know, let's go. Yeah, yep. I'm the I Pittsburgh was- guy now. I was the lone guy clapping for the wings and man, <laughs> the fans loved it. You know, fans, Pen- Penguins fans love Red Wings fans. <laughs> so they were very happy to see me there. Of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked Suter's game today. Honestly, Fabry is the one who stood out to me the most. Um, he was, he had a couple breakaway chances. I mean, he was knocked down a few times for sure, but um, he was, he was very heavily involved in every bit of offense that you could possibly squeeze out of that game. He was pretty heavily involved uh, in all the action in that first preseason game too. So it's good to see him, you know, kind of coming back really strong. He's a guy that like, I feel like even though he's been good for the Red Wings since he got here, he's still a guy who you're like always checking up on. You're always like, man, I hope Robbie Fabry's doing well. Oh, <laughs> and, for sure. You know, you, you, you kind of, because of the way things ended for him in St. Louis, there's always that worry for me. I think in the back of my head a little bit that, maybe he ends up reverting back to that player, but so far, I mean, with this Red Wings team, he has continued to grow mature as a player. And I really think that this honestly could be a breakout year for Robbie Fabry, just because of the momentum he's put together over these last couple of seasons and the way, and, and I, his role is so defined coming into the season, isn't it? And it was last year too, but this year specifically, like it feels like Robbie Fabry is one of their top guys this year. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the last season on his contract before a new deal is about to start. Um, I can double check cap friendly if we need to, but I mean, I expect him to be playing out of his mind this year, given that, you know, the contract deal is slowly approaching. Yeah. He's one of the big pieces of Detroit's core. I mean, Eiserman's described him as that multiple times. They got him through 2022 actually. Okay. So they got another year with him. Yeah. I could see him. If he's not gone this year, he might be gone next year. Um, honestly, just given the amount of prospects that are coming up and given the amount of change that I foresee in this roster, um, 
there could be a future for Fabry somewhere else. Uh, how about Jonathan Bergwin? He makes his preseason debut for the Red Wings after getting injured at the end of the prospects tournament. Did he stand out to you at all? Was he making a lot of plays? I, I watched the first period before the Lions game started, and then um, I couldn't really watch much after that. But he, I, he honestly wasn't really that noticeable to me. So you caught the scrap at the beginning then uh, with Turner Elson. So after Probably not. No. somebody, somebody <laughs> hit one of the Pens guys hit Bergeron and immediately after Elson just grabbed him and started wailing on him. Uh, I don't remember the name of the Pens player, but God, um, see that, that was kind of the most notable thing that Bergeron did. Um, you know, he hit, he had a couple back checks that were pretty good. Um, he was, you know, you could see him in, in each side of the zone, but he didn't really stand out to me. He wasn't really one of the players driving offense. And he wasn't about- Adam Murray. <laughs> well, no Adam Murray. Come on, Jake. That's an impossible <laughs> standard. Uh, another guy that we kind of just touched on a little bit, Giovanni Smith. Um, through two preseason games, I don't know how much he he played today. Let me pull it up. 15-15. He had the second lowest amount of, of minutes in that first preseason game. Comes out tonight, 15 minutes, so not bad. He's in the mix a little bit more. Where do you make of his apparent standing on this team right now? Where do you think he, he fits in? I mean, at this point, you've got, I, you've got a guy like – sorry, go ahead. Because I, I, I was going to say, somebody, somebody asked about it on Twitter today, and I said I would surmise he's on the outside looking in. Yeah. Firmly. I, I think I would agree with you. Um, I mean, when you've got a guy like Bobby Ryan who could easily take over his projected spot on the roster, Bobby Ryan's been producing more. He's been very noticeable every night. Um, and you've got Smith who, like, I, honest to God, I, I didn't notice him at all this game. Um, I didn't see any of that physicality. I barely saw any of the offensive setups. Um, he just he was nowhere to be found. Uh, so I, I don't know what that means for him. Maybe he starts the season in Grand Rapids. Maybe he's the 13th forward in Detroit. Um, it's just hard to tell. Do you think like stock wise, like if he doesn't make the team out of the preseason, like if he's not on the roster opening night, that the front office is going to start looking at like his future with the team a lot differently. Like, is that too like dramatic of me to think that long-term or like, is it more of like, Oh, he'll start down there. If he gets hot, he'll come in and out throughout the year. See, I see it as like a, uh, if it can, you're talking to, to a be- big Giovanni Smith fan. Like yes. That's, I, this I, is I, why yeah, I'm asking. Yes. Yes. Hey, I'm my, too, my, I'm my favorite player on the wings. Yes. Hey man, I got a, uh, I got an autographed picture of him for the wings. If you want or from the Griffins, if you want it, uh, Beauty. you know, <laughs> I figured, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess for, for Smith, I'd say not, don't be worried yet. You know, don't pull any triggers yet. I see him being um, probably starting the season in Grand Rapids and coming up either as they play tougher teams, like physical teams, like Florida, maybe he comes up to get revenge on Jamie Ben. <laughs> sure, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I, I, I guess if you see it continuing to be a trend when he plays these NHL games, um, then I would, I would maybe raise cause for caution. But at where it stands right now, it's nothing to be worried about yet. Kind of like Nadelkovich's situation. Sure, sure. I uh, Actually, we're going to get to uh, another break. We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Got to talk to the folks about Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generational talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire, all at Indeed. 
Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. Get started with Indeed right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on are valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also got to talk to the folks today about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everybody out there. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. I know I am. I know Scotty is. And I know once we send uh, our buddy Jake Rivard here at Built Bar, he will be too. Me personally, I'm on the double chocolate this week. I'm feeling a little gluttonous. Uh, and, and you know, that helps me get my day started, feel like I'm having something a little scandalous, but really it's just filling me up, giving me great energy throughout the day, because not only is it the best tasting protein bar on the market, but check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from only 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, all at built. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Down in center. <laughs> Filpel is back in for Datsu. Segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Noel Bianchi, Scotty Bentley, Jake Rivard. Go follow him on Twitter, everybody. Rivard NHL. You can follow me on Twitter at Noel Bianchi and Scotty Bentley at Bentley Scotty. I got the Gus Johnson voice. I've been watching way yeah, too much. I like Gu- Gus, Gus Johnson announced football uh, over these past couple of days, uh, which is why we got Jake in here. I'm just being real with the people. We didn't have time to watch these games before we put out another episode with everything we had going on that won't be the case during the season if it's a regular season game that makes it a little bit different but just because we're trying to make sure we get out a, a monday episode for you guys today that's why we got jake rivard on the podcast i'm gonna admit when i didn't watch something okay i feel like there's a lot of honor in that jake you had a question or i had a question for you before we went into the break who do you think has outside of lucas raymond who do you think has risen their stock as a prospect the most throughout this preseason who do you think has fallen the most as a prospect throughout this preseason if it's Giovanni Smith, we can skip it. <laughs> so I guess I'll follow up your question with a question. Do you consider Moritz Sider to be a prospect? Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, I, would, game. I would say his stock is fairly similar to where I had him beforehand. I mean, easy lock to make the NHL roster. But as far as Risen stock, um, Joe Valeno. I mean, he has impressed me a lot more than I would have expected. Uh, I expected Valeno to be an easy, you know, right off to put, you know, first center in Grand Rapids. But every night I see that guy on the roster and man, I think he's got some serious NHL potential. So um, as far as fallen stock goes, um, I guess Jonathan Bergeron is the one that's that's really, you know, been the guy I expected a little more out of. But I mean, he's only played one game. I don't mm-hmm. believe he was in training camp at all, given his injury. Um, I think he played near the very end of training camp. But, you know, you've seen it probably you'll I guarantee you'll see it with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Um, they've missed training camp and they're going to be a little rusty to start off the season. And I think 
that would be the case with Bergeron as well, as this is the highest level of hockey he's ever played. Uh, I think this preseason has been a real wake-up call for Alex Cotton. Um, you know, he's only played WHL hockey and done a couple tournaments here and there. But, man, you know, you, you guys watched the first game. You saw the, the pure whiplash he experienced. Um, he had a rough game today, too. But, you know, it's a learning experience. I think he's going to be a fine player. And I think this is he's going to head back to his WHL team with a lot of these lessons learned. And, you know, he's going to be fine. And still only 20 years old, so something to, to, to keep an eye exactly. on. Uh, my question, they got four preseason games left, four under the under, – under, or behind us. What do you want to see the most in these, these remaining preseason games, whether it be from a player, whether it be from a special teams unit? What do you want to see? So the first thing I want to see is Mrs. Blashill's eyes on the TV every <laughs> time Lucas Raymond is on the ice. <laughs> Um, the second thing I want to see is I want to see Lucas Raymond living up to the hype. Sure, those first couple games were real cool and they were exciting, and I think he's done a wonderful job. But until he locks down that roster spot, until Jeff and Mrs. Blagel are convinced, um, he's you know he's not a 100% for sure lock yet. Um, I want to see Bobby Ryan continue to convince me that he he needs a roster spot, and uh, I want to send a little challenge to Adam Ernie. Ernie, if you can get at least, let's see, how many games are left? Four? You can get at least two goals before the season starts. I will buy your jersey, man. Oh, I'm already on Ooh. it. I'm sorry I beat you to it. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so, so, That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I, I think I, I told this story on the Friday podcast, but I tweeted during the game because I was just going so hard with the Adam Ernie propaganda. I said uh, – I said, if, if this, at this point, if I don't show up to the home opener in Adam Ernie jersey, I'm going to feel like a full-blown fraud. And he liked it. And he liked he it liked the after the game. He name searched himself. I didn't tag him. Oh yeah. Okay. So we got to get to you because we actually did talk about this in yes, full. We and we mentioned you in your account. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, he, he, because he name searched and I didn't tag him or anything. I, I was like, I'm going to, I got to follow through on the joke now. So I, I bought it. It's on its way. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, honestly, at this point with the way he like has been roasting me on Twitter, I feel like I kind of have to, you know, um, I made a tweet this off season talking about what player was going to regress the most and Adam Ernie favorites it. So I'm like, okay, cool. He's got his eyes on it. And, you know, first game he comes in and he's an offensive dynamo. He, I don't remember how many points he put up with the Blackhawks. Um, I think it was two points. He got two assists and he got a shootout goal. And I'm like, dude, okay, fine. Like, you know, he took it personally. He took it to heart. Um, and I started to see some replies where uh, I don't remember who a couple people were tweeting at me saying Adam Ernie's name and he was, he was favoriting both of them. So I'm like, all right, Ernie's got his eyes on me. So that was where, uh, where my challenge came in here. <laughs> That's incredible. But I mean, I'm, I'm not stopping you from buying an Adam Ernie jersey. We can be the Ernie bros if you would like. You know, <laughs> this, this is an all inclusive thing. I, I don't want to gatekeep Adam Ernie fandom. If there's anything in this world that should not be gatekept, it is Adam Ernie fandom. Before we take off here, uh, I do want to talk about something that, that was big time happening around the NHL. Robin Leonard, I don't know if you guys saw that, oh. uh, but he basically was going off on Saturday, uh, just completely robbed everybody of their college football Saturdays, holding the NHL hostage, uh, pretty much just speaking out against the, the Jack Eichel Buffalo Sabres situation. 
pretty much relating a, a, a situation that he was in while with the Sabres to um, something that happened or what is happening with Jack Eichel right now. He said that he was uh, prescribed uh, Ambien and, and all this other crazy stuff. And, Some benzos. Yeah. Uh, and basically that, that these teams and in, in this Jack Eichel situation, it's not unique, but it is a little bit because he's such a star that it's kind of all coming to a head and, and it continues to, to play out like this. But for guys who aren't Jack Eichel, these types of stories are happening all the time and they have no choice because they're not the top five player in the league, you know, top 10 player in the league, whatever you want to call Jack Eichel. Did you catch that? And, and just what were you guys uh, thinking about that? Because that was pretty nuts. You want to go first, Scott? Yeah, I mean, that whole situation's a train wreck. That's what I think about it. Like, I, that, that entire situation is a complete bleep show. Uh, I, it's it's almost at the point now where – actually, no, it's not. Every new thing that happens involving it is something that if it was – if it happened to any other organization, I'd be like, there's no way this is real. And then it's real every time. <laughs> And I, I don't know. It's one of those where it, it, I know this is like very general, but like nothing involving this situation ever fails to amaze me. So uh, the, the big tweet here that he was kind of uh, the, the real shot here was, is it common for workplaces to give out benzodiazepines to employees when they travel in Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists asking for a friend? This doesn't happen in Vegas to be clear, but I know many other teams I've also been on ones that do. He basically said that I can't remember which team he was, he was with when he said that it happened. Um, but they basically just prescribed him Ambien. He got addicted for eight years. He had no REM sleep eight years without REM. And I mean, if you guys have ever done any like research on sleep studies, like that can, that can mess you up down the road. Oh, um, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I think there was a lot to glean from that. And I guess I actually have not. So if you, if you want to drop a little, nugget. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. I'd have to, find the research again, but I remember it, it saying that it could be, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I'm not a doctor. Um, I read somewhere that, that it could increase the rate of Alzheimer's. Um, so, I mean, that's like lack of sleep definitely plays a huge role in those kinds of things. But um, back to the main affair at hand, um, I guess the first thing I'll say is to any executive looking for a new TV show, listen, you could do something. You could create the best, funniest TV show about an inept sport organ- sports organization and nothing would come close to what the Buffalo Sabres have done over the last 10 years alone. I like in all my years, I've never seen a team just continue to just whelm their fan base and just continue to disappoint their stakeholders, um, their fans, their players and their organization just over and over and over. Um, but the biggest nuggets that I think you honestly, you may have overlooked a little bit uh, were his direct call out of, Philadelphia Flyers general manager, Elaine Vigneault. Yes. That I, I don't remember the specifics of what he said, but he called Vigneault a bully and he said he was specifically part of he one said, of the problems. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers question mark, dinosaur coach, treating robot, treating people like robots, not human. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire hashtag Vigneault. First story, I got proof. Try to shake your way uh, out of this one. And they say yes. Ambien is sleeping pill. It's funny that rehab told me that's why I didn't have REM sleep. Eight years, no REM sleep. Great. Yeah, but just sleeping pills. So and that then, was, I, that was I think, the, the direct call out of, uh, what, what do you call it? And then and, he, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
And then there was a story that came out today, I think, that was it kind of dove into it. Did you see that? I haven't yet. I saw the NHL tried to reach out to him. Um, and I also saw, I don't know if you saw Dan Carcillo's thread. Yes. He, kind of, he mentioned a lot about uh, hockey organizations failing accountability, yep. um, which specifically, again, he mentioned the Chicago Blackhawks in relation to the Steve Montador incident, where Montador, I believe, had 19 concussions. And they wound up blackballing him after he sought, he sought out independent treatment for those concussions. Um, so I guess we may as well set the days without a Blackhawk scandal clock back to zero because the, like, it seems like every other week we're finding something wrong with the Blackhawks or something horrible they've done. Yeah, so he was cleared for four concussions in a span of 12 weeks while we played together on the NHL Blackhawks. Carcillo said his 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th brain injury and just 571 NHL games. Absolutely nuts. Uh, just wanted to kind of give that some – shed some light on that. Uh, it's, it is it is a developing story in the NHL that I, I – could you have a worse summer PR-wise – than, than the NHL has had. I mean, like just one thing after another from the, the darkness on the last night uh, or on the, the last pick of the draft, you know, to everything that ended up going on this year with the Blackhawks and, and just, I mean, it was just a mess. And you know everywhere. what's crazy is that it, they seem to have just taken the full Teflon route, just ignoring it, sweeping it under the rug and continuing on. There haven't been any, you know, they're not investigating the Blackhawks. Um, they're not doing anything about Logan Melu. They're they're just carrying on like, you know, like like normal, business as usual. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, all right. Anything else before we uh, head off into the weekend? Any other – or head off into the week? It's Monday, folks. we got <laughs> Tuesday up ahead of us. Uh, Red Wings play again on Monday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll have the recap for that game right here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I will be watching that one. I think Scotty will too, since the Tigers are done. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's all we got. Jake, what do you got coming out, man? What do you got to plug? What should people be uh, going to look for? Yeah, so if you guys want to give me a follow, uh, I'm on Twitter at at RevardNHL. I write for Winging It in Motown and Last Word on Sports. Keep an eye out for pieces. I usually do about two a week, um, usually an analysis piece, and then a deeper dive into something. So, um, I mean, keep posted, you know, I do daily coverage of games and, uh, every once in a while I'll do a pretty funny meme, you know, those, right. those, those kind of come around here and there. So you like memes. Yeah. Don't All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us today. We really appreciate it. And we will definitely have you back on in the future. Already looking forward to it. Uh, if you have positive feedback on this episode, please tell us in our reviews. If you have negative feedback, please tell us in my DMS. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.